Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Joining us in studio to lead off the last hour of Wesson Walker. Talking about Willie P being a punching bag. But look, sometimes he signs himself up for it. Michael had a great text in the Garage Door Guru text line. He said, wasn't Willie willing to give up his family jewels for one of the soccer players before he got married? And yes, that would be an accurate text. That was after Christian Pulisic got hit in the nether region in the World Cup. And I think they, Mac and Bone, asked Willie about that moment and said, hey, what would happen if that happened to like a Charlotte FC player or whatever? I forget some of the details. All we know is that when he was referencing Brant Bronico, Willie P said, yeah, he can have mine. And of course, we ran wild with it. That soundbite played quite a bit as a promo here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We will put that interview up along with Tim Bontemps, David Shoemate on the website, WFNZ.com. And we're still not done. We still have a conversation to have as I try to bring up, I think, did somebody steal my rundown? Did Willie just come in, steal the rundown, and move on? Did Willie just steal all of that? That's what I... (laughs) He almost stole my pen? I don't know what happened there. Goodness gracious. We have Kevin Brockway of the Gainesville Sun and Gannett Florida Network to talk about Anthony Richardson. Goodness gracious. Somebody just completely stole all of my materials here. But I do have my bracket. So now we can continue to go through ACC bracketology. Boston College, North Carolina. Wes, you lead us off here. Who do you think wins between UNC? And I know you chose BC. Moving on from Louisville in the first round. (laughs) So who do you have between North Carolina and Boston College in the second round? Uh, North Carolina comes into this tournament a desperate basketball team. As I said, Boston College has been playing a lot better. But I'm going to give the Tar Heels the benefit of the doubt, at least for this round, and have them moving on defeating the Eagles, who they are more talented than. Diddy, I can't imagine you're choosing against your heels here. Um, Absolutely no way, shape, or form, because if Carolina loses this game, that all but solidifies them not making the tournament. We had a question yesterday about how much blame does Schubert Davis deserve. If they lose in the first round, we got to have that conversation again a lot more seriously. I do have Carolina advancing to the quarters. We did see Boston College do it to Wake Forest last year. Could they do it in a hypothetical situation this season against North Carolina? I do not think UNC loses to Boston College. I think they move on, and then they would be playing Virginia on Wednesday. Tip would be set for 7 p.m. Last game of the second round for us to dissect. This one was the hardest matchup I had during any point of the ACC bracket fill-out. So I'll go first on this one. NC State, Virginia Tech, the 11-seeded Hokies. I have them beating Notre Dame. You do not, Wes. But I have Virginia Tech winning, facing NC State. NC State, 8-1 in the middle of the season. 
but they're three and three in their last six, so only playing 500 basketball. We know how much Traquavion Smith has struggled at the end of the season, really pushing him out of that first team all ACC bid and getting just a second team nod instead. NC State won the last time they played. Hunter Couture did not play in that matchup. I got Virginia Tech moving on. I think the Hokies actually beat NC State with the way that the Wolfpack have been playing. So give me Mike Young to make a run once again, just like he did last year. I think lightning can happen and strike in the same spot twice. What say you, Wes? Because you have NC State playing Notre Dame after you picked the Fighting Irish to win the first round. Yes, I've got NC State playing Notre Dame. In the rundown, I introduced the idea of our top three teams entering the tournament. Now, while NC State is not in my top three, I did throw in a wild card, and NC State is my wild card. Why, you ask? Well, Taquavion Smith, a.k.a. Baby T, is not playing that great of basketball, but Smith, Jaquiel Joyner, and DJ Burns uh, combined to average around 50 points per game in ACC play. They continue to lead the ACC in turnover margin, forcing turnovers and steals. I feel like this team will be ready to come into the tournament. Hopefully they can get Terquavion Smith back on track because if they can do that, this will be a very dangerous basketball team. But I've got NC State uh, advancing to play Clemson. What do you have, Fiddy, in this matchup? I believe you also had Virginia Tech winning and then playing NC State. That is correct. And look, there's nothing I would love to see more <laughs> than to see that damn team from Raleigh lose in the first, their first game in the tournament and miss the field of 68 altogether. It would please me beyond no measure. I don't think it happens. I think, I think they know what's on the line. And I think Kevin Keats, look, they had over a week off a chance to get healthier, a chance to really dissect what went right, what went wrong the last month or so of the season. I think they advanced to uh, the quarterfinal to that way to secure themselves as a NCAA yeah. tournament team. I mean, it would be an awful loss for uh-huh. NC State. And look, I'm actually pulling for, like, I, I love watching Jarkel Joyner play. I really like DJ Burns. And so I would not mind to see them move on. But Virginia Tech, I just think with DJ Burns possibly getting stretched to the outside, we saw just how effective that was for VT in last year's ACC tournament. And again, I I wonder if Couture can catch some magic in this game. All right, Miami, Syracuse. Wes, you and I had Syracuse moving on against Wake Forest in the second round. So you and I will be picking in the same scenario here. But I don't have Syracuse beating Miami. I know it's going to be some chalk here, but they're the number one team in the ACC for a reason. Have a bunch of guys that they can throw at you. Isaiah Wong, named player of the year. Give me the Canes to move on to the semifinals. Do you disagree? I agree with you and in my hierarchy of top three teams entering this tournament, I have Miami number one. Miami and Xavier are the only two Division I teams with four players averaging at least 13 and a half points per game. They are also an ACC best 29 and 11 in their last 40 ACC ball games. So give me the Canes to advance to the semifinals on Friday evening. Fiddy's last piece of analysis on the previous matchup we had in this part of the bracket was that Syracuse sucks, so I'm picking Wake Forest. So now he has Wake Forest battling Miami in the quarterfinal. Do you have Wake Forest moving on past the Canes in an upset? No, I don't. I mean, I I told you guys in early February, I I identified Miami as the best team in this conference. Jim Laranega has gotten really good at knowing how to manage his rotation and his roster to play three games in three days, four games in four days, whatever. Uh, so I do have Miami advancing to the semifinals on Friday night. 
I have Miami moving on as well. I think all three of us just said the Canes will move on. Duke and Pittsburgh, 2.30 tomorrow. The second game, excuse me, on Thursday, I should say, the second game in the quarterfinal. Tough matchup here, too. I'm still going to go with Duke. I just feel really good about them right now. And so I, I have the Blue Devils moving on from Pittsburgh. After Pittsburgh, we all had beating Georgia Tech or Florida State, whoever you had in that first round. I just think the Blue Devils move on, and you'll have a Duke-Miami matchup in the semifinals. Do you have the same matchup? Uh, I actually do. This was hard for me to pick. Yeah. I really like pick uh, Pitt. I really like what uh, Capel and the crew are doing over there, but I feel like Duke – uh, with those six straight wins and the way they're playing right now, Filipowski and the crew, it's not going to be the offense that's going to overwhelm Pitt. Pitt can shoot the basketball, okay? So uh, that's not the issue there, but I just think that Duke's defense rebounding is going to be a little bit too much. They defend the three-point line really well, as we said, uh, second in the conference because Pitt is one of the best uh, three-point shooting teams in the league as far as the shooters that they have at their disposal. I like Duke. So Fiddy could not find it within himself to pick Virginia Tech or Notre Dame in a game against NC State, and so he chose one of the teams he hates most. Are you going to be picking another team that you hate as much as any in Duke to beat Pittsburgh, or are you going with the Panthers? No, I'm going with Duke. They're the hottest team in the league entering this event that program they value winning the tournament more than they do the regular season so they're building towards this type of run i've got them advancing to the semifinals as well but what in a game that will be a fun yet physical matchup virginia north carolina we all have that hypothetical scenario playing out on thursday that will be the 7 p.m tip and that will be Possibly the most important game of the ACC tournament with North Carolina's championship uh, potential or just really tournament bid is what I should be saying in potential to be lost there. We'll start with you, Fitty, the Heels fan. Do you think the Tar Heels get it done again and win two out of three against Virginia this year? I do because I, I think they match up well with the Hoos, especially away from Charlottesville. They know what's going to be on the line in this game as well. This could be enough where if, if, if other things happen around the bubble, this win could get them into you know the last four in of the tournament. So I do have... Carolina advancing. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they double their quad one win total and it's against the same team this year against Virginia. And if that's the case, possibly it could be enough, but they got to win it. Do you think they do, Wes? Do you think the Tar Heels get it done? Uh, the Tar Heels are a desperate basketball team, but when it comes down to it, they're going to play Virginia, the number two seed in this league. I think this is where the season ends, folks. I think Carolina will... Uh, Take a bow and say goodnight to everybody. I know what happened in the last game, and Carolina fans would like to think uh, that this will happen again, but I don't see Tony Bennett uh, letting that happen to the squad. Carolina shot 45% from three. Law averages tells us this is a 30% shooting team from three-point territory. I don't think Lightning will strike twice for the Hills, and they will shoot it that well because that's their biggest chance to beat the Wahoos, give me Virginia, moving on. See, this one was a tough one for me, too, because I do agree with Fiddy that North Carolina matches up well with Virginia, but I have the Cavaliers winning mm. and eventually cementing the chance of the Tar Heels, uh, or, or excuse me, cementing North Carolina losing a bid to get to the NCAA tournament, and I hope I'm wrong. I want to see North Carolina in the tournament. It'd be a lot more fun, but if you're just asking me what I truly believe, North Carolina has not given me, given me 
enough faith to put towards them in order to continue to move on in the conference tourney. I've got Virginia moving on and eventually playing the winner of what I have between Clemson and Virginia Tech on my bracket. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I did not choose NC State. I chose Virginia Tech, so I'll go first because of the upset. I have Clemson beating Virginia Tech. Good time bounce back from them after losing to Louisville. They've been playing better in the last few games since that awful, awful, atrocious Louisville loss. And they're still, by no measure, a lock to get to the NCAA tournament, especially after that Cardinals loss. But I do think Clemson would end my theoretical run for Virginia Tech. You have Clemson NC State in the mm-hmm. last game of the quarterfinal. That would be a good one. Who do you have uh, advancing? I'm going to go with the pack. I think that blowout from the last time they played will be a. Uh, chap in their backside and so I think that uh, NC State will come out determined with a chip on his shoulder to right the wrong from the time that Clemson came in and kicked down the buildings in Raleigh at the PNC Arena. Give me NC State to move on to take on Virginia. You also had NC State moving on to face Clemson who advances to the semifinal. I'm with uh, BTB. I've, I've, I've got State advancing to the semifinals on Friday night. I don't think Clemson is 30 points better than NC State. I think on that game on a neutral court would be a pro-NC State crowd. I think that favors the pack. The only thing that sucks is that if they advance to the semis, those feel-like-83 shirts can be showing back up again because they'll <laughs> think they're destined to go on some sort of run again. All right. We'll go to Kevin Brockway in just a moment, and then we'll pick the semifinal matchup along with the championship in the last segment of the show. So stick with us, and then that'll come up at around 245. But Kevin Brockway, as we've been evaluating all the top four QBs expected to go in the NFL draft, he'll help us evaluate what Anthony Richardson did this past season with Florida and whether he should be the nine overall pick for Carolina or whether the Panthers should move up to go get Anthony Richardson. Kevin Brockway up next. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. What's going on, guys? I'm back. We're back. You're back. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You know the routine. Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Hit those socials up. When I'm talking about Wes and Walker on Twitter, WFNZ on Twitter and WFNZ on Instagram, hit that follow button. And another follow button you should hit that I'm about to hit right now is Kevin Brockway. His Twitter is Kevin Brockway G1 covering Florida athletics for the Gainesville Sun and Gannett Florida Network, for those of you that don't know. And, Kevin, I don't know if you knew this, 
but I was once a University of Florida recruit, and I did spend a year down there, so I'm a bit familiar with the Gainesville Sun and with the University of Florida. Kevin, how's it going, my man? How about that? You were, uh, you know, probably uh, doing some crazy stuff on University Avenue back in the day. <laughs> I don't know if I would say all of that, you know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> Kevin, do you have an explosive story about Wes Bryant during his days <laughs> at Florida that you're willing to share with us? I don't know. What what years were you there, Wes? I came there Spurrier's last year, so I was a part of that oh, 2001 yeah. recruiting class. It was a rather light class. It was three of us from North Carolina in that class, actually. Ben Tro- was Ben Troop in that class? No, Ben Troop was a little bit ahead of me. It was yeah. me and uh, my man Lance Butler and Jonathan Marvin. We were three offensive linemen from North Carolina that yeah. made the trek to Gainesville. I, I, our headline, that? I guess you could say, was Ingle Martin, the quarterback uh, from Tennessee. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I remember Ingle. Uh, I got there in 2003, so a little bit later. But I actually also covered Rand Carthon in high school when he was at QS High School. Rand, yeah. And, he and just, now he's, yeah, with the Niners. He's the GM of the Titans now. Crazy. Yes, and then, yeah. Okay, all right. So, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, and you talk about game of rage, Ingle Martin. Oh, my God. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. All right, so <laughs> the main reason we hit you up, Anthony Richardson, a guy that's been linked to the Panthers in many mock drafts, but we don't know now after that scintillating workout that he had, the 4-3-3-40, the 10-9 broad jump, the 40-inch vert that he put on has scouts salivating over this guy. So let's start at the genesis of all this. During his time at the University of Florida, did Florida fans feel satisfied? Because I'm sure he came in with that reputation of being a crazy athlete. Do Florida fans feel that Richardson reached his potential during his time at Florida? Yeah, I think there are kind of mixed reviews on that. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, that he, he had a little bit of injury issues, you know, and a hamstring issue and was kind of splitting time with Emory Jones. And this year he finally got the job, but he was adjusting to a first-year coach, a new offense, there was a lot for him to kind of absorb. And, and if you remember in the swamp, I mean, he had that really terrific game against Utah where he was SEC Offensive Player of the Week. He had, you know, three touchdown runs, and everyone was really fired up. And, you know, this town has been waiting for the next Tebow forever. And then kind of reality hit the following game against Kentucky where you go 14-35. and 35. His ankle got hit early in that game. They were wondering about, you know, if that impacted his mobility a little bit. They also had uh, – a pretty good linebacker spying him throughout that game. And SEC linebackers are a little different than Utah linebackers. So um, I think he got that dose of reality really quick that, uh, you know, he couldn't, you know, uh, run all the time. Um, I think he became a better passer as the season went. Um, and I think he was also, you know, people talk about his completion percentage, but I think he was played by drops. And, I mean, he even admitted it at the combine. He said, I can't catch the receivers for you. And, you know, his last game against Florida State, he was 9-27. Um, but he only had one of his starting receivers in that game. There were down about four or five scholarship receivers in that game and uh, had quite a, quite a few drops in that game. Um, and, he, you know, he throws a fastball, he throws a heavy ball. So I think the reactions are missed. I think fans were a little disappointed in, you know, the fact that it was a 6-7 and seven season and they expected a little more. But uh, I think, you know, all the tools are there for him to be a tremendously talented quarterback at the next level. Kevin Brockway, you can hit him up on Twitter. Kevin Brockway G1 is the Twitter handle. You talked about uh, the accuracy issues, and that's the biggest thing that people talk about. They talk about the tape. Have you seen his tape outside of the workout? You have to look at the tape. But what do you feel like maybe is his biggest flaw outside of his accuracy, or is that it? 
I think that's the main flaw, and I do think sometimes too the Kentucky game, uh, for example, uh, when things start going bad for him, uh, I wonder he get, he gets a little shaken mentally. I think he's a very conscientious kid. He's an intelligent kid. I think he wants to please and he wants to do well. But I think at times when adversity hits, I could remember that Kentucky game. He threw a pick six, and you know for the rest of that game he was just kind of completely lost. And Keon Zipper actually said, you know, there were times that I was trying to reach him. That was one of his teammates, his tight end in the huddle. So I wonder about that aspect. Is he going to be that alpha where if things go wrong for him? Can he respond? And, and some of that's a maturity thing. I think that takes a little bit of time. But that would be one thing that I would worry about a little bit is just, you know, he, he even admitted after that game that, you know, he lost confidence, which is something he'd never want to hear from a quarterback uh, following the Kentucky game. And I, I think his confidence grew as the season went on, but I just wonder, you know, is it going to stay there that whole time? Kevin Brockway, the Gainesville Sun and Gannett Florida Network, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. We're talking Anthony Richardson, a potential get at the quarterback position for Carolina. And Kevin, I, I know we talked about it a little bit. Wes asked you if people thought he reached his potential during his time at Florida. I'll ask you, how surprised were you that this season was at least in my opinion, underwhelming, just because we thought he might be contending for a Heisman Trophy. I mean, that was the kind of hype he was receiving coming into this season. Did you find it underwhelming, and how surprised uh, were you that it was underwhelming if you did feel that way? Well, I think it was a very tough SEC East. I mean, Georgia's a two-time national champion, right? Uh, Tennessee had a renaissance this year, um, and uh, they did catch South Carolina at a good time. I mean, they beat them uh, pretty soundly. But then South Carolina went on to beat uh, Georgia and, uh, you know, uh, not Georgia, excuse me, went on to uh, beat Clemson uh, back-to-back and Tennessee uh, to really close the season strong. I mean, obviously the Vanderbilt game was a huge disappointment. Uh, I think that kind of put a pall on the end of the season. Then they went to FSU and they were fairly competitive in that game, but, you know, couldn't beat their rivals uh, in Tallahassee on a Friday night game. And then, you know, everyone bailed on the team and, and, you know, they went to the bowl game and were annihilated by Oregon State, you know, having to cross the country with really a skeleton squad. So, yeah, I, there's a lot of noise in the system here. People are disappointed with how things went, uh, you know, uh, in, in terms of year one under Billy Napier. Um, you know, they're hoping for growth in, in year two. And I think Anthony took some of that on his shoulders. You know, like I said, people here are waiting for the next Tebow. And if you looked at his games, he you know he had two 400-yard passing games, both were on the road at Tennessee and at Vanderbilt. I think he tended to play better on the road than at home. And I think being the hometown kid, being from Gainesville, I think he felt more pressure playing in the swamp than he did playing away. Well, and Kevin, we saw him run for 100 yards against Utah, as you mentioned. We saw him run for 100 against LSU and 96 against South Carolina. A couple of other pretty good games there, but there's where he was closest to 100. Just how special is his rushing ability, given all of the athleticism he possesses? Yeah, and don't forget the Texas A&M game, too. He had a pretty long touchdown run. I think it was about 50 or 60 yards as well. Uh, that was another one this season, you know, the USF game uh, a year ago. And, and he is, yeah, he's got... Uh, He's got speed to burn. Um, I mean, I think, too, there were some people that were wondering how willing of a runner he was this year. There was some disappointment in that, uh, particularly after the first game against Utah. And there was some wondering, you know, how banged up his ankle got in that Kentucky game and um, how careful the coaching staff was with him. Because, you know, their backup quarterback situation, Jack Miller had broke his thumb in camp in August. They were down to their third stringer, Jalen Kitna. 
And um, I think they were concerned too about putting him in harm's way and wanted to get him through the season. And I guess one, you know, one of the big goals I think Anthony had was just, you know, to make all 13, to make all 12 starts in the season. And he was able to do that uh, because that was kind of another, you know, big bugaboo during the season, during his career was his, his durability. Um, and he proved this year that uh, he could withstand the 12 game SEC season. And I think that'll bode for him well going into the NFL too. Kevin, he's labeled a project, but do you think that he is ready to step into the NFL week one and start? And is his absorption of the playbook and his chalkboard work underrated? Yeah, you know, I think that, yeah, I, I you hear different things throughout town as to, you know, whether he was good at reading defenses, whether he wasn't. And he had a really nice touchdown throw in the Georgia game where he looked off the safety. Um, so I don't think, you know, and, and I find him to be a, a fairly intelligent kid in dealing with that. So I think some of that is, is overblown. You know, I think he'll be just fine there. But I still think, you know, I think throwing any rookie into uh, a situation in the NFL is, is tremendously difficult. And I, I would wonder, you know, I mean, take a look at Patrick Mahomes. It, you know, worked pretty well for him to sit a year. So, I mean, I, I would, you know, I, and if I'm Anthony Richardson, I wouldn't take it as a slight. I mean, I would take it as a, a positive and to, uh, maybe going into a situation where you have a veteran quarterback that you can learn from for half a year, three quarters of a year, you know, and start late your rookie year and then hit the ground running your second year. I think that would serve him well, but better than throwing him into the fire right away. What's a, a, a great story or insight uh, that people might not know about Anthony Richardson that would give us more insight into who he is as a person, whether it's on the field or off the field? Yeah, you know, he was a fireman. He uh, tried, w- wanted to be a fireman when he was uh, younger. He went to uh, kind of like a vocational, the Lofton School, and uh, went to a fire academy and was uh, and was interested in that. So I think he's, he's conscientious. He wants to help other people. Um, he's got that kind of gene uh, in his in his body. Um, and um, I, I guess something else is that, uh, you know, when Dan Mullen first recruited him, um, he was, uh, you know, throwing down tomahawk dunks. I mean, he was a really good basketball player. So this is just like, you know, not surprising. I mean, he was just a total athlete, natural athlete from the beginning. And uh, I think, you know, a kid that grew up in a fishbowl here in Gainesville with a lot of expectations and, you know, did his best to handle it. But uh, I, I think he's, uh, you know, a, a really good, you know, person. I think he would be a really good face for the franchise uh, in that regard. I, I do like, you know, I was very impressed with, his maturity and how he handled himself in the one year of the starter, especially in front of us. If Anthony uh, Rich- first year, yep. Sorry, Kevin. No, I was just going to say, if he's a firefighter, I-, I feel like he's probably the only firefighter in the world that could run faster to the fire than the fire truck itself <laughs> could get there. I want him. If he's here in Carolina and there is a problem with fire, I am calling Anthony Richardson because he's going to get there fast, and I can't uh, deny his ability to put it out. I did want to ask you this though: you talked about some of the the problems with drops from his receivers there. Just overall, what did you make of his supporting cast? Yeah, you know, not really strong. I mean, you know, you can. Justin Shorter had his moments last season. Um, Xavier Henderson had his moments last season. Uh, really, their most consistent receiver was Ricky Pearshall, a transfer from Arizona State. Uh, and then late in the season, both Henderson and, and Shorter got hurt uh, and really barely played. And I think that even hurt him you know, probably in the Vandy game as well uh, as uh, you know the Florida State game and uh, you know certainly the bowl game. So Pearshall was the only receiver that made it through the full season healthy. Um, and uh, he was the best they have. So, so I think they were very thin at the receiver position. 
you know, they, they did run the ball for, fairly well. Uh, you know, Trevor Etienne, Travis Etienne's younger brother from Jag, has a really bright future here. I think he's going to be more the focal point of the offense next year as a sophomore, and they're going to, you know, try to run the ball even more with him and with Montrell Johnson and, and their offensive line. That's really kind of the strength of, of what Florida does, but um, definitely need some upgrades at the wide receiver spot, tight end. They didn't really have a dynamic tight end. I think that hurt too um, in terms of the offensive skill positions. Um, and then, you know, defensively too, I mean, Anthony was playing a lot of shootouts. It was not a typical Florida defense. They really kind of struggled in their, in their front seven. And even in the back end, some of their safeties, I saw that uh, where Rashad Torrance and Trey Dean both uh, ran four sevens at the combine. And that kind of tells you the, the, the lack of speed that they had in the back end that really hurt them. Kevin, last thing for me, uh, I'll just ask you this. If you're Carolina at number nine, or if you are one of the teams towards the top of the draft, are you taking him? Are you taking him that early, regardless of whatever quarterback is there or not? Are you selecting Anthony Richardson with a top 10 pick and feeling good about it? Yeah, I mean, there are a few guys. I think I would feel a little better about guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud because I think they were more consistent and accomplished. But if you want a guy that can, you know, has a higher upside, I mean, I would definitely take Anthony. I think he's got a higher upside than those two. I just wouldn't put him in a situation where you're going to be relying on him from day one because I don't know how he would handle that uh, mentally, you know, right away. I, I, I would I would give him a little time, you know, not a, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it could be, you know, half to three quarters of a season, but I would just give him time to settle in and to learn and then, you know, maybe throw him in there by the end of his rookie year. That's Kevin Brockway. Hit him up on Twitter. Kevin Brockway, G1, covering the Gators, giving us all the rundown on Anthony Richardson. Kevin, appreciate it, my man. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. A lot to chew on there that we will get to. A lot of good stuff right there, but not before we get to the second or the last Fitty Flash of the day. Take it away, baby. All right, guys, actually some interesting news coming out of the NFC South. According to Matt Lombardo, the Atlanta Falcons have, quote, very real interest in trading for Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. The Lamar Jackson conversation between the Ravens and Falcons progressed tremendously in Indianapolis. End quote. Uh Uh-oh, we could have... Gonna have Lamar Jackson in the division, but not here wearing the black and blue instead of being a dirty bird. I, I am I'm still laughing. Terrified. That's that is the longest and loudest grunt that we have ever heard from Wes Bryant. And we've had <laughs> a lot strong right there. On fire fizzle. You want to see him in the division. Oh yeah. You, Panther fans will be quaking to see eight come out there in that red and black. That'll be the reincarnation of Vic. That'll be Vic the remix, a better Vic. Oh, boy, that is not what Panther fans want to hear today. I mean, I guess the good news is they'd never make the playoffs, so we don't have to quit on his team in January. There you go. <laughs> There's Fiddy putting all of the water or in. Or quit his career like Fiddy did. <laughs> what career did I quit? Well, when you tore your ACL. Your cross-country career. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Lamar Jackson battled through it to come back in next season. I know he might not have done Ooh. it in the postseason. Come yeah, on, man. Lamar. Come on down to the A. <sighs> yeah. I mean, they would. You talk about best QB in the division. It would clearly go to Lamar Jackson at that mm. point. Oh, yeah. 
and Lamar with Kyle Pitts would be interesting. And We've seen what put... he did with an excellent tight end in Mark Andrews. You'd have a better wide receiver. I like Drake London as a first-round pick that they just went with yeah. out of USC. So I like that. The offensive line, sneak a good offensive line for Atlanta this past season. Not one of the problems. It'd be an interesting fit. In no the doubt streets about it. and in rap music, they say that pressure, applying pressure, plenty of pressure will be put on the Panthers and that coaching staff. Is that to a now Quavo deal with, line? <laughs> Quavo. You said deal Quavo. with Derek Carr with the Saints and then Lamar Jackson. That makes that draft pick oh so important if that happens. So yeah. when we... I mean, well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, if you draft any of the top four, you would immediately have the second best QB outside of Lamar Jackson. Totally agree. I mean, you talk about picking up that phone quick and calling the Bears and say, hey, what do we have to do to make this thing shake? And at that point, you might have to look at Anthony Richardson. But if you trade up to number one, though, Bryce Young, I think, will still be the guy. When we come back, maybe more on that. And we're going to close this thing down and finish up those brackets. This is... The Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. is telling us the most ridiculous stuff off air that we could never even come close to bringing on the air and we're all out of sorts right now like here we are trying to talk about anthony richardson and it went into a very very interesting place dark place disturbing disturbing all those words <laughs> like he, he, he's, he's taking my role to be the guy that, that gets you all like out of whack during the breaks city yes i'm not even i'm not even disagreeing with that you have never dreamed of saying anything close to what Wes just said behind the mic. I mean, you never, I can't, I haven't either. Like here I am. I'm disturbed by it right now. And we try to move on with the last segment of Wes and Walker, 704-570-9610. Let's break down the semifinals and the championship game in the ACC tournament. I believe we all, except for, I guess, me, I, I, I'm the one that's kind of a little bit more different than you two, right? Your, your tournament your two brackets are a little bit more similar than mine, but let's get to the semifinal. We all have Miami and Duke facing one another in the top half of the bracket. I have Miami moving on. I have the Hurricanes beating the Blue Devils. That will be a 7 p.m. game happening on Friday. And then I have the Canes in the championship game. You have Miami and Duke as well. Do you have the Blue Devils or the Hurricanes moving on to the championship? This was very hard because I feel like Duke, like you said, they are ACC tournament institution. This team eats, sleeps, breathes the ACC tournament. 
and I feel like they're so hot coming into this. But again, I just could not deny the Miami Hurricanes. As I said earlier, them and the uh, Xavier are the only two teams in Division One with four guys averaging more than 13 and a half points per game. I feel like Miami has a lot of ways to beat you. Duke's defense is formidable, so this is going to be one of the best matchups of this tournament when you talk about uh, offense versus defense. But I went with the Miami Hurricanes to move on to the championship because uh, Coach L, hard to go against. John Shy is still new to this, but Jim Laranega is true to this. True OG veteran coach. Two of the three have Miami moving on to the championship. Can we make it three of three, fitting? When Miami came out of nowhere to win the ACC in 2013, they followed it up by winning the ACC tournament. And in the semifinals in Greensboro, they beat the Duke Blue Devils. This year, they didn't come out of nowhere. We knew Miami was going to be pretty good, but because of Carolina's expectation, they weren't picked to win the conference. I think they beat Duke again on, on, on a neutral floor, which would be a pro-Duke crowd, because Miami's got the one thing you can't guard, and that is tough shot makers. As well as Miami, or as, as well as Duke can defend them, Miami can still score on them. I like I like Miami to get to championship Saturday night. By the way, if we just want to continue to live in ACC nostalgia for just a moment, that team Miami had with Shane Larkin Hated running it. it. Oh, but they were awesome. Yeah. I loved that squad. Kenny Kaji, Reggie Johnson, that whole squad was awesome. And then they got beat down by Marquette in the NCAA tournament. I loved it. But I had them going far. That Miami team was awesome. Virginia, I have them playing Clemson because I had Clemson beating Virginia Tech after the Hokies in my bracket upset NC State in the second round. So the matchup I will be choosing from, it is UVA versus Clemson, and I'm going all chalk here in the championship game. I have Miami, the one seed, taking on Virginia, the two seed. Virginia good defensively. They've been pretty solid all year long. I know they had a hiccup or two at the end of the season. Give me Virginia and Miami in the championship game, though. Who do you have facing off against the Hurricanes in the championship? West? I've got Virginia. I think NC State, just what I saw what I saw Virginia do to them the last time that they played. I just feel like Virginia's defense will be a little too uh, overwhelming for them. I don't trust Terquavion Smith enough yet the way that he's been playing as of recent to be able to right the wrong and dominate that Virginia defense. I feel like Virginia has the antidote to slow down the pack, limit those fast break points. NC State is one of the best fast break teams in the league. Uh, hit the boys, defend that three-point shot. I got Virginia and Miami in the chip. I want to frame this question in a way that makes Fitty say something positive about NC State or Virginia. So, Fitty, what coach do you expect to see? Because you had NC State moving on, right? You don't have Clemson moving on. That is correct. Yeah, I got the pack. So, what coach do you think is going to move on to the championship game? Which coach would you rather see in the ACC championship? Kevin Keats or Tony Bennett? Also, somebody that you love so much. Not going to see either one of them because I have Carolina beating Virginia to make it to the semis. And I have Carolina. Oh, that's right. have the Tar Heels winning. Yeah, I well, forgot I, about that. Yeah, we've got Carolina State on a semifinal a throwback in the ACC tournament. The one positive thing I'll say about State is that if Carolina beats them, that gives them two quad one wins in the ACC tournament. Mm -hmm. That would give them three. That should get them in the field. Heels get it done. They advance to the final as the seventh seed. All right, so I forgot that you had North Carolina moving on and beating Virginia, and then so they get to the ACC championship. I think let, let's just talk about that scenario for one moment. Is that good enough to get North Carolina in the NCAA tournament? Just to make it to the championship game, I feel like that's the minimum. Yeah, I – 
I still don't know if they'll get in, but I think that's the minimum. It'd be interesting to see them win against Virginia and then lose the next one, but I think you're probably right. All right, so you and I, we have Miami and Virginia, Wes. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Canes. I just, I like that team. Me they're, too. They're, to me, they feel like the more typical team that would lead a conference where you have a whole bunch of different scores. You have a whole bunch of different dynamic guys alongside a really good coach in Jim Laranega. I just don't trust Virginia enough offensively, even if their calling card is always defense. They usually have some scores that you trust more than what you have on the this roster i think the hurricanes get it all the way done and they are going into the ncaa tournament as conference tourney champs yeah i'm with you as well and this is a team that even when they do lose in the acc it's not by much 10 of those losses are by six points or fewer when i mentioned that they are an acc best 29 and 11 in its last 40 games uh they've got eight three-point losses and sticks within two four by one so this is a miami team that you're going to really have to uh, beat them. It's going to be hard for them uh, to beat themselves. They're going to be right in it. Like I said, they have too much scoring. I got the Canes beating Virginia and that tough defense. I don't think Virginia has enough scoring. North Carolina, Miami and Fitty's bracket. Who wins the whole thing? Well, I referenced that Miami beat Duke in the semis in 2013. You know who they beat in the final? I'm going to guess North Carolina. It was North Carolina. It was the game that made <laughs> me fall in love with Marcus Page. Carolina knows what's on the line in this event, and they don't want to. They don't want to make that committee have to sweat it out. Just make their jobs a little bit easier. Winning four games in four days, like Virginia Tech did last year in the ACC tournament, like Southeast Missouri did earlier last week, the kickoff champ week in the Ohio Valley. Carolina wins the ACC tournament and will enter the NCAA, one of the hottest teams in college oh, basketball. No. Just like oh, it. Dude, it's hot in here. Oh. Josh Fitty Marlowe choosing North Carolina to win the ACC championship in what is absolutely a shocker. Never would have expected that ever coming from one of the biggest Tar Heel fans I know. Maybe the biggest Tar Heel fan I know. And I'm sure he views that as a huge, huge compliment. Yes. Let's go to that same guy for the only moment that he has for on this day in sports history. And what do you know? It also includes right. the North Carolina Tar Heel. <laughs> what you got for us, Fiddy? Uh, well, I mean, it involves you that we won the national championship, but not the program directly. But on this day in 1982, the selection show for the NCAA tournament was televised for the first time ever. There's a great book by John Feinstein that it's all about March Madness. And he broke down what went into them making this a television event. If you ever have time to read Walker, Filipowski, Lenardi, or Big Time West Bryant, I do encourage you guys to read this book. I was going to until you called me all of the bad nicknames you just did. Isn't it weird, though, that that is Michael Jordan's first NCAA tournament, and then it just so happened to be the first ever selection ever aired, and then, of course, it just so happens to be a time that North Carolina <laughs> won the championship, and it was Dean Smith's first championship at North Carolina. All a bunch of real crazy things to consider all of that, but also very cool, too, the fact that he hit the shot on baseline, and then you mm-hmm. saw one of the bigger blunders of all time when George town turned it over at the top of the key not expecting james worthy to be that far at the top of the key and just saying here you go we don't want the championship let's go ahead and lose in 82 that's what georgetown did at the end and north carolina again they'd get the first title ever all right i guess we still have to decide on what the punishment is going to be it feels like the bottom two finishers of this trio will each at separate times 
spend money for a lunch towards the winter, and then the absolute bottom finisher, three of three, will have to eat like a cookout milkshake or wear Wake Forest. I guess we can talk about it afterwards. Yes. But it seems like those are the options for the punishment if you are finishing last place. That's what it seems like. Yeah, that's what it is. And Flounder's going to be a part of this as well. He's the only non-show member that will be punished if his bracket falls apart. (laughs) I don't know if he agreed to that. No, you even said it. No, I'm good with it. I don't know if he... Yeah, what I'm saying is I don't know if he agreed with that, but oh well. He comes in every once in a while to hand you food. He can be a part of the punishment that will be if he finishes four out of four. That'll do it for Weston Walker. Canes tonight. Canadians and Canes. Okay. Also, ACC tournament, Big East tournament. You got the CAA Conference Championship. It's uh, Charleston and UNC Wilmington, Big Bird. You should be tuning in. A sound montage, a game montage for you to end Wes and Walker. Keep Mm -hmm. it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.